Welcome back, family, to the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, chilling with my guy, Frank Tucker, representing the crib, South Florida. This is our weekly podcast at the crib where we talk Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. Also subscribe to the website, canescounty.com, for free. Use the promo code Miami30. And we'll talk a little quarterback talk uh, and now that you know Miami has added Reese Poffenbarger to the roster and you know we'll also just kind of talk about the transfer portal in general but first I want to talk about the big news of this week which in college football kind of shook the college football world is Nick Saban calling it quits man uh the goat is retiring from coaching college football. And when I first heard the news, I was somewhat shocked myself, you know, because, you know, they had a pretty decent season. And you could argue that this was probably one of his best coaching jobs of of the year, uh, considering everything that was kind of going on. Uh, Milro, the quarterback, was kind of going through some growing pains, I guess you could say, as a quarterback. But they were able to still end a 29-game winning streak of Georgia and get to the college football playoff and almost beat the eventual national champion. So they're basically an overtime away from getting back to the championship game and also winning it, winning it all. And um, I know you're a big fan, Frank. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but when I first met you, bro, it was like at some kind of all-star game or something like that. And you had an Alabama hat on. And I was just like, why the hell do you have an Alabama hat on? And this is like before I knew you at all, you know? And he was like, oh, because I love Nick Saban. You know, he's the GOAT. And I was like, ah, one of these guys. <laughs> one, of the, one of these, um, what's the, what's the dude? What does he say? I don't give a piss about anything but the Tide guys. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Willie. Willie. Yeah, like Willie, and I was like, damn, because me being a Dolphins fan, I'm still kind of bitter about Nick Saban leaving the Dolphins, uh, you know, years back saying, oh, I'm going to be the Alabama coach, and a week later, he takes off to Alabama. So still a little bitter about that. I like the feeling that I have when Michael Jordan kind of retired because I was like kind of like, damn, this dude is like dominating. He's He's winning all the time. Let somebody else win already. I mean, you're probably a little too young to even remember who Michael Jordan is, you know, besides the shoes or whatnot. But after he retired, I had a more appreciation for him as uh, a player. And that's how I feel right now about Saban as a coach. But in regards to the Miami Hurricanes, man, what, what, what do you think this means for Miami? And just what are your thoughts overall about Saban calling it quits? I'm shocked, obviously. You know, when I was a high school coach, the one guy to look up to in what you're referencing, it was Nick Saban. I I never took pictures with guys, really. But if there was, like, one guy that, like, had me starstruck, it was Nick Saban. Uh, Just because, you know, just his dedication. Like, you just – you wanted to – like, his ability to get his players to do exactly what he wanted him to do 
his his ability to identify talent, uh, you know, him just being about his business. It was something that I felt I wanted to follow in the path of when I was a coach. So I have a lot of respect for Nick Saban. And obviously this opens things up and uh, it opens things up in a big way in college football overall, not just the SEC, not just power five, just overall. I mean, this is, this is a guy that every year his recruiting class was in the top five, most of the time, top three, he was grabbing elite guy after elite guy. Uh, you know, I, this creates shockwaves throughout recruiting and college football in general. I mean, even this year, he won the SEC and was in the college football playoffs. So right. he, he was doing it at a high level all the way until the end. They, like, they were even saying after he announced, he was still coming into work, right? He was interviewing assistants, and, 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 and he was still helping with the transition of the program. Like, just a, an absolute workaholic. Um, now, where I think that it's going to make the biggest waves for Miami is going to be the fact that I think Mike Morvell could end up being the next head coach at the at, at the University of Alabama. Uh, I, 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 I do. Uh, yeah, Mike Norvell. I, I think I, if I had to put my money on a guy, I think it's Mike Norvell that's going to be the next coach at Alabama. I, I you know, they Not missed Dan out. Lanning. No, Dan Lanning came out today and said that he's staying. Uh, and and oh, I, really? I don't I think. Yeah, I, and I don't think Steve Sarkeesian's going to leave Texas. Um, I don't think that they're going to offer Dabo Sweeney. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's been coaching to the level that they have a standard of at Alabama transitioning from Nick Saban. Um, and, and I don't think that – I don't think Lane Kiffin is serious enough about uh, about his, his duties to be able to to be the guy that replaces Nick Saban. It's just a, a total clash uh, of, of methodology that I think he wouldn't be a fit in what they want in Alabama, despite his experience in Alabama and his, his success at Alabama. Uh, yeah. and, and, and the way he's, you know, he has helped build back that Ole Miss program uh, to, you know, multiple double-digit win seasons. But overall, I, I just feel like with the issues that Florida State's having with the ACC right now, uh, you know, the fact that FSU's still struggling to recruit, like they're still not a top 10 class in recruiting the high school ranks. Like they do a great job of, of grabbing transfer portal guys, but – it's still not Alabama in recruiting. And I think that the resources that he would have at his disposal at Alabama and the team that he would already have in place, I think that it would be an, an easy plug-and-play you know, type, type move for Mike Norvell to go there to be able to compete for national championships in the highest level. He's probably going to get paid more money at Alabama than he would at FSU. Um, and, and I think he's done an excellent job going 13-1 and one in this past season at Florida State. But if you're a Mike Norvell, you've got to think about the possibilities of, of what Alabama brings to the table. And I know people are also going to say that Mario Cristobal could be a guy that they end up calling. You know, obviously he had a lot of success as the offensive line coach and assistant head coach at Alabama under Nick Saban. And they do have a very similar demeanor to how they approach their coaching duties. Uh, you know, very much about their business, elite recruiters, uh, just overall head coaches that expect greatness from their staff. And it, it, it's all about coaching and nothing else. Uh, so obviously, 
that would cause some waves for Miami as well. But I think that the biggest waves could be the potential of Norvell leaving Florida State and maybe opening things up even more in the state of Florida for Miami because Florida is on a complete downturn. UCF never really lived up to the potential of what it could be. They're doing okay uh, right now. But, you know, that transition to Power 5 has been slower than realized. Uh, and, and I think that Miami could end up being the top dog in the state uh, if things end up shifting the right way. Miami's already the top dog in the state when, when it comes to recruiting. Uh, you That's know, if true. you look at if you look at the rankings, man, and if that does happen, I don't think it does. You know, I just feel like they probably get a better guy than Norvell. I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of of, of him as a coach. I think he. he FSU did well in the transfer portal, and I think that's why they were so successful. And they had a veteran quarterback, you know, um, before, of course, he got injured. And I think, you know, those are the reasons why he was successful this season. But I can't see him going to Alabama. I just can't see Alabama paying that guy. But what I do think how this benefits Miami is that the Alabama recruiting juggernaut is going to go downhill from here, you know, because let's just be honest, if, if any – coach decides to leave a program they're going to go downhill in recruiting and this is Alabama and this is Nick Saban the GOAT so Georgia obviously is, is one of those juggernauts Texas is now one too and, and Ohio State is as well those teams just kind of stay at the top no matter what as far as in, in recent years when it comes to recruiting but Alabama also as well so that just goes down which means Miami can you know move up uh, from their position above an Alabama and keep some of those guys that have constantly went uh, to Alabama as far as local guys are concerned. I mean, we've seen Ja'Cory Brooks go over there. We've seen Dallas Turner uh, go over there. And, you know, the list kind of goes on and on. Jerry Judy, uh, Calvin Ridley, all these local players uh, go to Alabama they're not going to be pulling those those type of players out of South Florida as often as as they have been with Saban in the mix. I don't care who uh, they bring in there. Um, so that is definitely going to be a positive for Miami. But as far as the immediate impact, man, like when it comes to a Kevin Riley, who obviously flipped from Miami to Bama and Xavier Mincy, who – you know, Miami was kind of neck and neck to, to the end uh, with Xavier Mincy. Do you see maybe those guys flipping back? And then other guys that Miami was even interested in that are on the Alabama roster, like a Richard Young running back, Desmond Ricks, uh, who is on, is on the roster over there, uh, Jacavius Rousseau. And, and then obviously for the 2025 class, Jamie French, who is committed to Bama. Miami very interested in – the, the outstanding wide receiver who currently is a player for South Florida Express. Uh, of course, uh, one of the best South Florida, one of the best seven on seven teams down here. So the immediate impact, what do you think will happen here? Do you think some of these Bama guys start to travel back to South Florida? I don't. I don't. I think Miami is working on retooling their roster as it is right now, trying to figure, you know, trying to crunch the numbers and, maybe even push some guys out of the program right now that, that are kind of staying stagnant. From what I understand, they, they could even be over that scholarship limit uh, where they're at and that they still probably need to bring in one receiver in and probably another quarterback, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But 
I, I just I don't see Miami adding anything more. I think that they've kind of filled their holes at pretty much every spot except for receiver and quarterback right now. Uh, you brought in a number of cornerbacks in this cycle. Uh, you know, you have, you know, a majority of your corners coming back next year. Uh, you went and got two safeties now in the portal and, and Jason Taylor's son, Isaiah Taylor. Uh, and then you added Savion Riley from Vanderbilt. The yeah. linebacker position is absolutely loaded. They added multiple defensive linemen out of the portal, not including the eight guys that they added along the defensive line. Um, yeah. So overall, it's I don't think that there's a need for them to just take in, you know something else from Alabama that's currently on the roster or in their recruiting class. Would it be nice to be able to grab a Kevin Riley, who you you know were pretty much all in on? as yeah. RB1 in this class, yes. Would it be nice to, you know, grab uh, Zay Mincy, who, you know, was probably the number one cornerback roster uh, in your 2024 class? Yes. But I don't foresee either one of those options becoming available. Kevin Riley was a local kid uh, out of that area, like right across the street, basically, from, you know, University of Alabama. So I think he ended up just choosing to just stay home. And I don't think it was so much that he – you know, opportunity wasn't there at Miami or it was a better opportunity at Bama. I think it was just the, the call of home ended up keeping him uh, in, in the state of Alabama rather than him going to Miami. And Zay Mincy, I, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened there, but I, I think that he sees opportunity at, at Alabama. And, and listen, it it's not going to be easy to get on the field at Miami at the cornerback spot, right? And he could actually look at it as even more of an opportunity now at Alabama to get on the field because you're probably going to have some cornerbacks leave, leave the program through the transfer portal. So they, they might, you might even be able to get on the field quicker. So I don't see them adding anything from this 24 class or anything through the transfer portal. It is intriguing about the potential of Jamie French uh, to Miami in 2025. He has visited before. There is a relationship there. Uh, you know, Miami, you know, obviously is going to try to get him on campus, uh, you know, for that battle Miami weekend where they're going to get their top, you know, those top prospects uh, down here in South Florida. Uh, he is a South Florida Express product over the last year and a half now. Um, so he's going to be in the area, you know, here and there. Plus, they just added his teammate for Mandarin, Derek Plass, who they have yeah. a close relationship with. Um, sure. And obviously, you're recruiting, you know, his, his teammate, in my opinion, the number one safety in the country for Mandarin as well. So there could be a little bit of a Mandarin pipeline there. Um, and, I, and I do like the potential of where things are at with, with Jamie French. Um, would I like to see them go after Orion Williams? That would be a beautiful thing in my eyes, right? Because yeah. that, that would fill that receiver spot that you're trying to find in the transfer portal, right? He would be a guy as a, you know, who was a guy who was the number one receiver in the country in 2025 and a top five receiver in 2024 as a reclass kid, you could probably plug and play him with a, a you know, a JoJo Trader or a Chance Robinson as guys that can play that outside receiver spot almost right away at the University yeah. of Miami. But I do think he ends up probably going to like an, an Auburn rather than, you know, coming to Miami. But that would be my dream. Uh, but I, I don't foresee them adding anything else. Obviously, Ja'Cory Brooks has already left the program. I think a Dallas Turner might have been in, might have been interesting because of the relationship with Jason Taylor as his former defensive coordinator and mentor at St. Thomas Aquinas. But unfortunately, he's going to the NFL draft. 
Uh, if it happened a year earlier, I, I think that Miami would probably be in the cards for that. Um, sure. You know, and, and I don't think that they're going to get, uh, you know, the best safety in the country uh, either. I don't think he's going to be transferring out from Alabama. Uh, that's superstar freshman over there that is probably going to end up being a top five pick at the safety position. So uh, overall, you know, I, I think Miami's probably just kind of looking towards the future uh, and poaching my and poaching Alabama targets. It's like we lost Frank for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at this point, to kind of hear Frank uh, say that, you know, Miami doesn't have a chance for all those guys, except for Jamie French in the 2025 class, definitely excited for Miami pers- Miami's pursuit of that wide receiver uh, going forward. But besides that, I do want to kind of talk about the quarterback situation uh, where Miami did end up – with uh, transfer quarterback Reese Poffenbarger from Albany, you know, the juggernaut that is Albany. Um, they were able to snatch a, a quarterback who passed forth over 3,000 yards, uh, 36 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, ran for about 310 yards on the ground. But the question is, Frank, about this quarterback that Miami just added to the roster, is he the answer for Miami's troubles at the quarterback position? I think he's more likely the answer in 2025 rather than the answer in 2024. Listen, he's a good player. Uh, you know, you see some people throwing out, you know, Baker Mayfield comparisons and, and things like that. Hey. You know, maybe, the, maybe you know, the – the Tate Martell Miami never got, right? Like that's the type of player that he could be, right? But, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, he's a guy with multiple years of eligibility that is coming in as a as a plan B option. Uh, I, I still think Miami's scouring uh, in the transfer portal for their top dog. Um, I think that's probably to his brother, Charlie Tagovailoa, uh, you know, who, who is looking for that waiver. Um, I think it would be a, a match made in heaven for those two to potentially, you know, meet and, and come together for a marriage out of the transfer portal. Obviously, Auburn is going to be a factor here. His dad still does live in Alabama. Uh, Auburn is heavy in the quarterback game right now out of the transfer portal. Um, Walker White is a five-star, borderline five-star prospect at the quarterback position. But I don't know if he's going to be ready right away in the SEC to be able to take that take that job. And, and I do think that they're looking for at least a veteran presence to, to add to that quarterback room and they're going to go after him hard. So if he does get that clearance, don't be surprised to see a visit to Auburn. Um, Cause I, I do think they're going to push hard and listen, that, that residence in Alabama, him being a former Alabama product uh, or, you know, or signee um, is going to, it's going to make things a little bit interesting. I don't think he's a lock to Miami by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I do think that Miami is going to be in the race uh, when that clearance does come. And if that does happen, I think that Tagovailoa is probably the, the starter for 2024. And then you have a quarterback competition between Reese Poff and Barger and Emory Williams, if Emory Williams sticks it out at the University of Miami. Dark horse there, Jakari Brown, is still going to be a factor. I, I think that he's probably seeing the long game at Miami. Um but like we spoke about on the last last podcast with Miami adding, you know, stuff out of the transfer portal at quarterback, we could possibly see Jakari Brown exit the stage left 
uh, after the spring when things open up once again. But just kind of touching on Reese Pop and Marjorie, like I know people are going to be like, oh, he scored zero points in that last game against uh, South Dakota. Yeah, South Dakota is a little bit of a different level of, uh, of team in that FCS classification. He's playing with no NFL talent on on his team. Uh, so I, I don't really want to judge him too much on one game. You know, the game before that, he had like three or four touchdowns, I think, um, and, and was able to use his legs as well. Uh, he is a 6'1", 215-pound kid who, who's a good athlete. Uh, he's accurate. You know, he's able to make off-platform throws. He, he's, your, he's your prototypical mobile college quarterback, uh, you know, that can make some plays and, and things happen. He's got a little bit of swagger to him. Uh, you know, everything yeah. you see, uh, you know, on his highlights is him bringing energy to the table. His teammates are always celebrating with him. So, obviously, there's a leadership aspect that he brings to the table. I love I love the addition because if you bring in Atalia Tagovailoa and it doesn't work out, this is a great backup option. He, like Miami went into this season with only three healthy quarterbacks. And by the time bowl season came around, after the transfer of TVD and the injury of Emory Williams, you're basically begging Jakari Brown to stay for the bowl game. Otherwise, you're putting a walk-on on the field. Miami can't be in that position going forward. Like the quarterback room has to be, you know, solidified to the point where you have four or five guys in the roster that are able to play football in college football, right? Like it, it's got to be something that like Florida State, if you look at the end of the year, they don't get into the college football playoff because their backup options are just not good enough uh, to, to even keep TV ratings a lot. Like all these things are, are rather important, right? So I think Miami's – kind of looking at next season as an opportunity to really take a step up. The ACC is wide open. Florida State is not the same team that they were this year. Clemson is continuing to drop down uh, on a seemingly daily basis. You could realistically win the ACC. And with an expanding college football playoff, you could sneak in, even if you have one or two losses by the end of the year, as a team that makes the college football playoff next year. Right? I don't know about two losses. Maybe one. I don't know about if 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 you win the ACC, but if you win the ACC with two losses, you got a chance to make it in. You know what I'm saying? If they win the ACC, yeah. But I I thought you were saying saying, they didn't win the ACC with two losses because I don't see that. But I'm no, but I'm saying if they win the ACC with two losses, right? Like you're gonna try to you're gonna have to come in on the back end of it, right? Attrition does happen. You need more than one guy that can lead this offense. And, And listen. I like the fact that they added a guy with some with some mobility. I think that's something that was missing in the offense this year. You want a guy who has energy. That's something Tyler Van Dyke didn't bring to the table. I think this is like the total opposite of what TVD was. And I think that that's why it's a little bit more of a breath of fresh air. This guy wants to be a Miami Hurricane. He's coming in with no guarantee. Uh, a lot of times, you know, in this transfer portal game, guys are almost promised the job when they come. Uh, so listen, I, I love the addition, um, even if it's from just a depth perspective, uh, but really yeah. good, really good gift for Miami. Uh, I think that he's probably the backup next year, but with multiple years of eligibility remaining, this could be a really, really good gift. Yeah. I like the addition from a depth depth standpoint as well. You know, I mean, y- you had to add at least a quarterback. You couldn't just be, hoping that Tagovailoa 
it gets cleared in, in order to possibly even get him because, you know, other teams out there are trying to get his services as well. But I guess, you know, from the original question, you know, people people want to know, like, is this the guy? You know, is this the guy that's going to take this team to the next level? And I said, like, all last year that this is a capable football team. You know, th this was a team with a lot of talent on it. And, yeah, you lose some talent to the NFL this year, but you're kind of reloading, and I think they're going to continue to build through the transfer portal. So I think this is going to be another capable team going into 2024 especially because they're solid in the trenches and uh, they added some skill guys uh through uh recruiting that could definitely make an immediate impact and the guys the skill guys that are on the team can definitely make some plays as well but people had either uh, a really good reaction to this or or most probably had a bad reaction because he's from Albany, Frank. He's from FCS. You know, there's like only a few players that really are like turned out to be really successful quarterbacks from that level. So uh, the question, I guess, is this team ends up seven and six, right? And Next year, all fans kind of want this team to take the next step. And the next step to me is nine wins or better. Can Poffenbarger get this team to nine wins or better? I, I guess that's kind of the bottom line. Or should they just be hoping that Tagovailoa is added to this team to possibly get to nine wins? Yeah, you you definitely got to hope for Tagovailoa. I, I don't. Like I said, I, I don't think that Reese Poffenbarger is, is the answer right now. I, I, I think that you get him acclimated to the Power Five power five level, right? He, he does have some really good experience. He was, you know, I, I tweeted out he was the most prolific quarterback in the FCC ranks this past season. And, and listen, I know it wasn't the quarterback position, but it, the comparison of Jared Verse making the jump up from the FCS rank to Florida State something that did happen and there was some success there so it's not crazy to see a guy make a jump up in competition and do well i think that shannon dawson's offense which i think that it's going to show more and more this year that it's shannon dawson's offense and not so much what mario mario cristobal wants in regarding to the power power spread is going to shine through a little bit more especially with the running threat of a quarterback so i don't think that I don't think that it's going to be such a crazy transition to where like we're going to be seven and six again with Reef Reef Prosson with 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 Poffenbarger. I think that he could lead Miami to nine wins just because I think the team around him is good enough to help Miami lead them to nine wins. Uh, Miami could have won nine games this year realistically if you take just a few plays away. Right, yeah. this is a team that was extremely capable of winning double digit games this season. You were competitive in most of your losses, right? So overall, I think that, yeah, if he was the quarterback, could Miami win nine? Yeah. Do I think it's likely? Probably not just because we don't know what he's going to do on this level. Miami does need to hope for a tag of Iloa or somebody along those lines. Say if Jalen Milrow decided to jump into the portal, right? Yeah. Hypothetically, right? Just a hypothetical thing. Say if Jalen Milrow decided to jump into the portal. Like, you would want somebody like that. Sure. You want a guy – with, with with heavy experience at the power five level playing the big dogs 
who has produced against the best in college football. And, and I think that that's Miami's answer to competing for an ACC championship and 10 wins or more next year. Yeah, let, let, let's see how, how it all plays out, man, because um, Miami's just a quarterback away from, from being great. I mean, the highlights that I just played there look great, but that's against FCS level. Uh, I think the question questions will be answered in spring. You know, I, I think in the spring we'll we'll really find out if this is certainly the guy. Um, and if he can't beat out Jakari Brown or, or Emory Williams, then oof, then then this is a miss. You know, I, I think we can all kind of assume that he will probably beat those guys out and be the guy if they don't add another quarterback. But it is definitely going to be interesting to kind of see you know, how this plays out in spring. That will be the storyline uh, in spring. Uh, Miami did add safety Isaiah Taylor uh, to the roster as well. Um, this is, of course, uh, son of uh, Jason Taylor. And, um, you know, it seems like a, a good fit because, you know, adds another body to a position of need, to the position of need in my opinion, besides quarterback, I think that's where you need to add a little bit more depth defensive back overall. I think Miami's pretty stacked in every position except for defensive back because, you know, it's Corey Couch decided he's going to the NFL. You're going to lose uh, Jaden Davis. Um, and so you're, you know, you got Damari Brown, you got Jadias Richard, and you got Daryl Porter as your for sure guys. Um, that will likely contribute next year as long as they're on the roster. So your thoughts on them adding Isaiah Taylor uh, via the transfer portal? It's a good depth addition. I know people are going to scream nepotism and, you know, why, why are they adding a guy like Isaiah Taylor? But he did play for an Arizona team that was pretty good uh, this season. And he was a guy coming out of high school that played at St. Thomas Aquinas, had – you know, a pretty decent offer list if you go take a look at it uh, that included some Power 5 schools that are doing really well right now. And, you know, 5'11", 200 pounds uh, is, is a strong safety type player that played free safety in the box and at nickel at an almost equal level this past season for Arizona. And the year before was a 70 grade in pass coverage, meaning that he's capable Uh in that in that regard, I think that he's going to help Miami more at that nickel spot or as like an overhang type backer uh, a little bit more than he would as a free safety. Um, I think he's a solid depth addition, uh, especially as you get Zaquan Patterson acclimated to potentially, you know, starting to run with Savion Riley, who I think is probably going to be the starting free safety next year. Um, but overall, I think it's a good addition. You need depth at that spot. Uh, yeah. You know, Marquise Williams and, and Jaden Harris, while – are really good potential players, haven't shown that they can be the guy just yet. Zaquan Patterson is a five-star, but he's coming in as a true freshman. Uh, Savion Riley, I think that he's probably the answer at free safety, like I said. Isaiah Thomas, we haven't seen him play football in basically two years. He's yeah. going to be into probably a, a mango year and a lot and a lot of, you know, rehabilitation at the University of Miami with, with you know, a solid doctor base, uh, uh, you know, underneath him at, you know, UM. And then, you know, Dylan Day. What is Dylan Day? Is he a nickel? Is he a safety? You know, he has really good length at around 6'2", 175, 180 pounds, uh, who showed some ball skills. But, you know, what is his position 
going to be? What is OJ Frederick from St. Thomas Aquinas? Is he a corner or is he a 6'2", 175, 180-pound, 190-pound if he gets in a college weight training program and it works out early of being a safety at, at the yeah. University of Miami? So overall, you got a lot of questions at that spot. And Isaiah, sure. Isaiah Taylor kind of helps ease those questions and answer some of them or, or kind of push – push you know those problems a little bit further down the road um i, I like the addition yeah i think it was yeah. much needed and, and it's a guy that wants to be at miami rather than needs to be in Miami. yeah definitely you also have players like demetrius freeney that, that are going to be in the mix uh robert stafford still on the roster um and i feel like i'm missing guy caleb spencer is the other player as well um if we if we ever see him at sea we got <laughs> He might end up being a linebacker. That guy, he might end yeah. up being a backer. He might end up being a backer. So I, that, that's when it's built it's like tough. a linebacker for sure. But that linebacker yeah. room is already pretty deep, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. But hey, and we've seen athletic backers uh, with decent length uh, and and some coverage chops end up transitioning into the box and doing really well in college football. So I think he could be a guy to just watch it that. Like very similar to what I said with with Isaiah Isaiah Taylor, kind of like an overhang backer. He's very much a strong safety type guy. So you know, I, I we're gonna see. We're gonna see that it's not a heavy room in regards to cover guys. Like you got like right. three three guys that can truly fill that free safety spot right now. Obviously, Richard and Damari Brown are two guys you can watch uh, that they could get reps in the spring at safety just in case like they they know what they're doing at corner in this scheme obviously you know they had solid uh redshirt freshman and freshman campaigns uh overall i, I think that they're going to probably cross train at least a couple guys like you said a robert stafford maybe maybe demetrius freeney if he makes it out of the spring on this roster um you know overall like they're gonna have to cross train some guys to play that free safety spot because right now there aren't many and i think isaiah taylor helps with that as well absolutely uh one other guy i want to i'm not sure if i mentioned or not but ryan mack who was outstanding at the ua all-america game you know could make some noise as well in that db room uh but spring is going to be interesting to at that particular position defensive back and quarterback those are the two positions to really watch uh coming up in spring i know we're weeks away from that um but you know not too never too early to talk about it uh, but that's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. Make sure you subscribe to canescounty.com for free. Use the promo code MIAMI30. And also subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. Also subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. Until the next episode.